Welcome to TGI, Tourism Geography Insights, a podcast of Tourism Geography's journal where we discuss our latest research and developments of our peer-reviewed journal, which explores tourism and tourism-related areas, recreation and leisure studies from a geographic perspective. In this episode of Tourism Geography's podcast, we are lucky to have Dr. Guillaume Tebergen, who is a lecturer in tourism and the program director of the Masters of Science in Management and and Sustainable Tourism. And he's at Glasgow University, and he's going to be discussing his uh, recently uh, published paper entitled Managing Authenticity and Performance in Gulag Tourism, Kazakhstan, which has just come out recently uh, in Tourism Geographies Journal. Welcome to the podcast, Guillaume. So can you tell us a little bit about your your paper and uh, generally what was the question or the problem that you uh, were seeking to understand? Right. Thank you, Stefan. Thank you for inviting me uh, for this. So this is a research that I conducted with Professor John Lennon. And um, basically, the, the paper is about how the gulags, you know, are portrayed in museums in Kazakhstan, but how the museums uh, convey uh, authenticity in the tourism experience there. So we we, we started with really looking at um, how places like former gulags in the Soviet Union uh, and traveling to tra- to those places uh, mm. that are associated with death and tragedy, which is on the rise worldwide, worldwide involve what what did it involve not only visiting such places but also witnessing certain performances of dark past and along with russia and the baltic states kazakhstan holds some of the most important soviet panel institutions known as gulags and they they have recently developed prison museums on several of their former gulag sites so one of the many challenges for the local cities in kazakhstan with that gulag heritage is whose story to be told and how it will be told in a non-exploitative manner. So this exploratory study posed the questions about the extent to which stakeholders involved in the management and commodification of Gulag heritage can offer meaningful visitor experiences. And one of the key questions we asked was, can they be historically accurate and respect the dignity of the victims while actually adopting, adapting to the dynamic roles of museums as, as heritage and education sites. So that was really the central question of, of the paper. And to do this, we looked at different experiential management strategies that those museums were developing, including performances at uh, Gulag heritage sites and museums, Gulag performances at museums. Yeah, in, interesting because, you know, often in terms of heritage or historic history, as they say, is often written by the by the victors, isn't it? So this problem of of who decides what's presented and um, and how it's presented is is a challenge, I guess, for from a tourist perspective and also, uh, as you mentioned, historically accurate uh, perspective. Okay, so can you briefly discuss how you went about uh, doing this uh, research? I've been leading for nine years between 2003 and 2012 in Kazakhstan. And I was also a, a lecturer at, at the university there. 
So I extend, I traveled extensively in Kazakhstan and I, I did come across those museums uh, when traveling. Uh, I've always been very interested in uh, the history of the, the former Soviet Union. And especially since I lived in Kazakhstan for so long, the part that, you know, how Kazakhstan was impacted by the historical Sovietization, really, of, of the country. Uh, so when I came across those former Gulag sites, uh, I started to, to delve into historical accounts and I decided, and I found those two museums, Algier museums, about 30 kilometers outside of Astana and Karlag museums, which is also not very far from Karakanda, main, main city in the, in the central part of Kazakhstan. And we, I discovered that visitation was extremely low. So, and also that the, 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 the tools and that they were using to, to, to convey authenticity at the museums were quite questionable. So I, we, we yeah, contacted Professor John Lennon and we did that uh, study together. It's important to know that th those gulags in, in Kazakhstan, uh, about 1.3 million people were deported to Kazakhstan. And those two museums that opened in 2007 and 2011, which, which house thousands of women and, and, and prisoners have barely 25,000 visitors uh, per year compared to, you know, museums like Auschwitz-Birkenau that have more than 2 million a year. So that was really a striking, a striking uh, number. So we conducted the research in, in summer 2018. It took about two weeks across the two former Gulag sites and museums. And we used a combination of semi-structured interviews with a range of stakeholders, uh, including museum curators, guides, policymakers, tourism operators, local NGOs, experts in post-Soviet prison heritage. But we also used direct observations of the sites uh, we use qualitative document analysis uh, of the two museums to explore really how the post-Soviet prison heritage was commodified and managed by these uh, stakeholders involved in the development of Gulag tourism in Kazakhstan. Yeah, interesting. And and just for listeners that uh, may not be familiar with the the concept of, of of Gulag itself, I mean, how would you how would you define a gulag or, or how would you describe it in the... yeah so it's yeah thank you for asking uh maybe i should have started with this uh the gulags is a is a bureaucratic acronym standing for main administration of camps of the soviet union and they were dotted uh, around russia the baltic states kazakhstan and they are they are they were the most important soviet panel institutions they were a means of uh, isolating and eliminate, eliminating people who the system considered to be socially uh, disruptive, suspicious and disloyal, as well as uh, organizing and demonstrating the superiority of the so socialist panel system. So it was it was a repressive tool to to deport, you know, people that didn't really agree with with the government. And depending on the historians, we're talking between 10 to 18 million people who were deported with 1.3 people, million people in Kazakhstan. Yeah. A very uh, famous 
writer Alexander Solzhenitsyn was deported to Kazakhstan. So that, that's one of, of the, the inmates that uh, lives uh, and worked there in the camp in Kazakhstan. Right. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah, thanks for that. So in the title, you've got uh, managing authenticity and performance. So these, uh, can you just expand on these two concepts uh, that uh, that your work uh, revolves around? Because, you know, the concept of authenticity, uh, you know, being discussed and, and debated for for some time. So how did you approach this idea of authenticity and, uh, and, and also performance as another concept? Yeah, so we looked at the literature on authenticity of the past and the visitor experience, specifically at panel history museums. So, I mean, creating a sense of authenticity for visitors in museums was analyzed particularly by two researchers in Canada called uh, Welby and Pichet, this article from 2015. And they, they identified four types of authenticity, architectural and spatial, tactile and visual, existential and narrative. Or for panel history museums in Canada. So we used their theoretical developments and accounts, and we looked at the extent to which they could be developed as well uh, in, 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 in uh, the Gulag museums in Kazakhstan. But very briefly, when they mention about architectural and spatial authenticity, it's about visitors mostly claiming authenticity of carceral facilities with regard to the architecture and built spaces. For tactile and visual authenticity, that involves incorporating or importing objects that tourists can see, such as replicas of prisoners' memorabilia that are often displayed uh, specifically for tourists to convey a sense of, of authenticity. Uh, if we look at narrative authenticity, it looks at using various narratives and signs in records that uh, documented carceral life, but they can also include reenactment scenes of prison life conveys, conveyed in plays or performance at the sites uh, that depicted the historical conditions of confinement at the sites and how people live there. Also, uh, existential authenticity uh, was an interesting one for our study because we looked at how these performances were staged at the museums and, and how visitors interacted with, with these, with these uh, reenactments. And finally, we used the notion of, of performative authenticity, which really delves into you know, different uh, studies from uh, Knusson and Wad and, and Zhu uh, that assert that tourists not only gaze, but are also bodies performing at specific sites. And um, by including a tactile body movements, actions and emotions into the notion of uh, performativity, visitors can authenticate places through their emotional connection to them. So we use those those five uh, different uh, theoretical accounts of authenticity, which you're right, uh, authenticity has is, is been widely debated, but very little had been said about how those um, dimensions of authenticity could apply to a new context and, and to such a, a, a historical tragedy like the Gulags. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, you know, I like the way you've done that in, and and provided that uh, that structure and and broken authenticity down because it is such a, a multifaceted and 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 complex uh, <clears throat> concept. 
Um, I should also say I, I have visited uh, Kalak uh, Gulag, which uh, I also found uh, very fascinating. I didn't know much about it before before I visited. You know, being from Australia, we, we were quite removed, I guess, from uh, from that area of the world growing up. So I, I didn't know very much about the history, but uh, I found it very fascinating. Okay, so let's turn to uh, you know what what were the findings or the key takeaways about the paper? Can you share that, please? Yeah. So. To be honest, it's been one of the most fascinating studies I've done. One because I was, uh, where I did it with with Professor John Lennon, and and we were really on board together for this. But also because this research provided really new directions in which to comprehend um, the role of authenticity, interpretation, and ideology, in respect of Gulag museums as uh, both heritage tourism and education sites. And. Uh, Really, we found that those Gulag museums in Kazakhstan used a, ran a range of tools to convey authenticity. As I said, from architectural authenticity, like hosting the Gulag Museum in the former administrative building, like in Kaolag, to tactile and visual authenticity through memorabilia and dioramas, recreating scenes of the life at the Gulag. But also we found uh, in Karlag some radically contrasting museum experiences that were organized in the basement of the museum that were attempting to offer visitors a simulation through experiential and elaborated reenactment scenes using music and heartbeats mimicking prisoners' life before they were executed. So we, we literally found a gradation, if you wish, of tools to try to convey what happened and to try to stimulate or and simulate what happened uh, back in the days uh, of the Soviet Union. The most fascinating and controversial finding we, we really found there was that, for example, uh, Adria Museum was organizing stage performances during the night at the museum that was conducted with by museum staff local military schools and the the aim at recreating scenes from from the camp but they they use the outfits from from the museum they use the local literally the local military people they use and they invited all the the, the local communities to witness uh, those performances uh, they used the barracks that they, they, they created, uh, but those barracks were by no means uh, genuine. They were completely recreated for, for, for the performance and used for the performance. And in Karlag, they even went further. They, they used, um, they, they did an event called uh, the Night in Karlag, uh, and during which they organized mini spectacles uh, which they believe had, would have an emotional impact on the visitors. And that involved about 500, 500 visitors for a two-hour event involving mock interrogation scenes, live mock inter interrogation scenes. Yeah. So literally um, visitors were going there at night and just witnessing this and, you know, being being part of that. Yeah, right. so, I can see, I can see the, the performance and the authenticity coming coming together there. Yeah, yeah. And and if I if I may structure the, the 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 you know from those findings, what what were the two major takeaways that, that we have from that study is that Gulag museums as performative and educational places of visitation, those performative practices 
really acted as, as, a, as an immersive and emotional tool to accentuate the dark atmosphere of the epoch and induce a more impactful and participatory visitor experience. So, but they were enacted both as an educational tool, but those performative practices were believed by those tourism suppliers because we, we really looked at curators and guides and, 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 and governmental officials for, for this. They, most of them believed that those performative practices had a stronger effect on the visitors in the understanding of the tragedy, just beyond the traditional objects, memorabilia, images that are traditionally offered at museums. And the second big takeaway for this was really this exploratory study posed the question about the extent to which those stakeholders involved in the management of the Gulag tragedy can offer meaningful visitor experiences that are historically accurate, but also protect the dignity of the victims. Because mm -hmm. whose story to be told, as, as we discussed, and how it is told in a non-exploitative manner is, is really at stake there for po local policymaking and procedures. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we, we, we really advocated in the conclusion of that paper for a stewardship model that was based on mutually beneficial partnerships between those stakeholders. But that really big part that was missing in the picture where the local communities and the, the descendants of the victims, for example, that uh, were not reflected or not even consulted in how those, uh, you know, so-called authentic artifacts or how those stories were created. So, you know, recreating narratives to incorporate testimonials from archive local communities use and more institutional transparency was really what we advocated for this paper. Interesting, yeah, good. All right, uh, my last question is, where from here? So do you envisage any any follow-up work or any, do you want to take it anywhere further in terms of uh, gulag tourism or more dark tourism in Kazakhstan more generally? Or was this sort of the, the piece de resistance uh, for this work? I mean, that's a very interesting question because obviously gulags were spread across the whole of the Soviet Union. So they will need some more studies uh, to be done for the remaining part of the Soviet Union, specifically about gulag museums. One from the demand side, from the visitor side, you know, how those visitors perceive those practices. We didn't have time to, to conduct that study. But also the fact that these challenges that I just mentioned are not unique to Kazakhstan. And if such sites, if developed and conserved, can offer learning and provide evidential heritage to ensure that, that their narratives are transparent, then they become really fundamentally important for uh, local communities. One thing we witnessed when we interviewed uh, those tourism stakeholders were all of them, almost all of them, had been impacted personally with with that with with the tragedy of of what happened uh, in the Soviet Union. They all had a relative uh, that were got deported. Some of them didn't know, even know what happened. So this is an incredibly important story to be told. But like any 
stories and those kind of you know connected to that very difficult past uh, needs to be done very carefully and and involving really uh, historians and and the local communities that are directly impacted in this. Yeah, it's very um, multidisciplinary. It includes, as you mentioned, so many different stakeholders. Yeah, well, that's uh, the area is very rich for further uh, for further research. So uh, yeah, I, I look forward to your future work in this area with you and uh, the colleagues that you've uh, been working on. All right, that's about it for for us. I just want to uh, reiterate thanks again, Guillaume, for uh, speaking with us about your paper entitled Managing Authenticity and Performance in Gulag Tourism Kazakhstan, which has been recently published in Tourism Geographies. And thank you again. Just to reiterate, uh, I was speaking with uh, Dr. Uh, Guillaume uh, T. Bergian, and uh, he's at the University of uh, Glasgow. So thanks for your time. Thank you very much, Stephanie.